Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is J.L. Torres, author of the new short story collection, Migrations. The short story collection is the inaugural winner of the Tomas Rivera Book Prize. J.L., welcome to the podcast. Oh, Jeff, thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new short story collection, Migrations, can you tell us about one or two of the stories in the collection? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll start with the one that really gave me the, the, the impetus for, for writing the collection, which is uh, Go Make Some Fire. And it's a story that is based in early 20th century um, history. And it's about Puerto Ricans, young Puerto Rican adolescents, young men and women, who were sent to the Carlisle Industrial Indian School in Pennsylvania. And that's a notorious, infamous school because it was one of many boarding schools where um, young, you know, adolescent Native Americans were sent to basically be assimilated into American culture. And I, j- I didn't know that Puerto Ricans were sent there. And this is a, a little bit after the U.S. invaded Puerto Rico. Uh, they did so in 1898. So this is maybe 1901, around there. And they were sending these young uh, people to, to be assimilated, basically. Uh, and the school, which was really more vacation, vocational school than anything else. And so that, that's one of them. And it's just about a young man that goes there and the, the trials and tribulations that he, he faces. Um, having to experience the fact that, you know, he doesn't feel Indian because unfortunately a lot of Puerto Ricans by that time, the, the, the Tainos, which were their indigenous Indian group in the islands, were, you know, they were pretty much, if not extinct, you know, in terms of our DNA, but extinct, mm-hmm. extinct in terms of, of our culture. It had been wiped out. So they, he's, you know, he's, he's dealing with that, with the fact that he's also a young, young man trying to figure out the world as a young man. And also the, the sort of the impressive, um, uh, you know, the impressive situation there in that, in that school. And another, another one that's tied into basically what the collection is about is, is uh, the, the one about sterilization of, of, of women, which is called The Operation. And it's about a young woman, Elena, who uh, is forced to get this operation, as many of the companies did indeed coerce women who wanted to work um, and needed to work to get the certificate that they got this operation so it wouldn't affect their work, you know, that they have, would have to take time off for the kids and stuff. So it's about a woman who is a widow and gets that job only because her husband dies in a horrible industrial accident in a factory. And they so, sort of feel sorry for her because she's now a widow. And they give her, the, and, and what she has to do to maintain that job and to also just deal now be as a single mother, you know, dealing with uh, two children who are growing up. It's, those are just two stories. And, sure. uh, yeah. Well, what was your initial writing journey that led you to write and get your first stories published? Okay. This, this is the thing that this was, um, like I mentioned earlier, that first story about the Indian school, mm-hmm. uh, I got an uh, email, uh, with, with an article from a friend at the university of Connecticut who said, you have to read this, you know, article on the school because we both sort of taught the same material. And I was just astounded that that this was happening because I never knew about it. And I said, this is a, this is a story. I mean, besides narrative in terms of historical narrative is fascinating, but just as a fictional narrative, it would be really great. If I could take that, what happened to those young, young people and put them in a story. And that's what I did. And then I said, you know, and that got published a story. And I said, I, I want 
to maybe do more of these stories. There must be other stories within our history that I can, I can sort of make, make palpable, right, through, through fiction. And then I started doing the research on that, on the, on the operation, uh, for the operation. And so, and then I realized I had a collection right there. Well, I'm curious about the writing process for you when you're sitting down to write a new short story. Is it the same from story to story? And when you sit down to write, do you have an idea in mind or do you just start with a sentence or an image? What, what's that like for you? Yeah, I know it's, it's different for, for all writers. There's not one writing process, but, but I'm, I'm more methodical in, in, in my writing. I do believe, because I also teach writing, and I, was tell, I try to follow my own advice as students, right? And I always tell them that pre-writing is a very important part of writing. There are, there are people, uh, I always think of Bukowski, who wrote his one novel, you know, in a week or something, you know, in a flash <laughs> like this. Uh, I, I am more methodical. I like to really think a lot about what I'm going to write before I begin to write it. So I think, I take notes, I journal, I do a little research. And particularly this collection needed a lot of research, obviously, for history. And then I, I sort of make a plan for myself. I don't call it an outline because it's too rigid for me. It's a plan. This is sort of, I think, I also think filmically, I think in terms of scenes and how I'm going to connect these particular scenes and, and the story. And then when I have a good idea that I, I or the direction that, that, that I, I feel comfortable with, I, I start writing and then I try to continue. Uh, I'm a big, uh, fan of the, of, uh, I think it was Anne Lamott's short story, uh, um, essay, shitty first drafts. I think it was her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I teach that to, to my students because I feel like don't be, you know, paralyzed by, the, by looking at that curse of blinking and you have nothing. Just write something. And this is why when I have a plan, I know I'm going to start writing because I have an idea and I know I, I, I don't, at that moment, I don't care how bad the first draft is. I just want to get the ideas down. And then it's, it's a layering process for me. I get that first draft, which I'm super happy when I have it. And then I start realizing that I could put more detail here or there, or I have to take this out. This doesn't belong here. You know, then becomes the editing process. That's my method for writing. Sure. So, so what was your MFA experience like? I've written on this actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I always, I would think about Juno Diaz who came even later than me. I, I got my MFA in 1979 to 1981. And I was only, I think I might have been the only Latinx person in that, in, in, in Colombia. And then he came later, much later. And he said that the experience wasn't very good for him because he felt he was isolated. And I felt very much like that. And then I'm writing, I remember, um, Tessa Latara, who I really admire a lot, you know, who was a great editor, uh, the new American library, et cetera. And, you know, he, he, he I was writing this historical novel and he was straight out because he was, Ted was a very Indian faith person. He said, why are you writing this crap? You know, it's historical stuff, you know? <laughs> and I, you know, if I had more sense, I, I would have told him, Ted, with all due respect, this is my life and this is what I want to write about, you know? But I, I was afraid to tell him that. And I think he felt I should write something more biographically minded because, you know, that was a thing that was happening with Latino writers back there, right? You write about your life and stuff. And, and I said, no, I, you know, I want to stick to fiction. And, and here I am many years later writing historical stuff, right? So I think I was right. But um, it was it was the type of thing that they didn't understand where you're coming from, or, or you know, and there was there wasn't enough of us writing and publishing, and this is even before the boom or anybody like people like um, you know Julia Alvarez or any or Juno Diaz, you know. So it was kind of hard, my experience uh, in MFA. But but I did get some good um, 
advice, you know. Uh, I think it was overly expensive. And sometimes I think people, seriously, <laughs> I wrote this, I wrote this for, my, for, for um, there's a wonderful website called the do it yourself MFA. And uh, it's a great idea because if you don't have the money, you know, to spend uh, on a two year program like Columbia's was, uh, then, you know, and you read a lot and you could do it on your own, you know, you don't need to really sure. get an MFA. But if you're going to teach, <laughs> you need an MFA. <laughs> Yep. So speaking of teaching, and you mentioned that you teach writers, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Well, you know, again, it would be different advice, right? For, for a short sure. story collection, as opposed to, to uh, a novel. If you're writing a short story collection, I really, I really would give the, the first quick advice is making sure it's thematic because I don't, I don't think a compilation collection works any, as much anymore. I think people like to have some kind of links to the stories, um, unless they're superb stories throughout, right? And even mm-hmm. still, your team will try to find out, we need something to connect these stories, right? Even if they're not connected, because that's the marketing, you know, uh, world that we live in, right? People right. want to, how do you pitch this, right? To, to, and then for novels, you know, um, you, you really have to come up with a good idea because there's just so many novels out there pitching. And again, I'm not a genre writer. I, I cannot give advice to a person who wants to write a detective novel or, or even historical fiction because even though I, I write some of that, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I, I consider myself a literary fiction writer, which means that for every novel uh, or story or whatever, collect, a book that I write, it's a different, completely different idea from the last one. So I have to start from scratch, right? Not, not like, I don't know, um, the, the author that used to write, you know, A is for this, B is for that. I mean, she, she had 26 books already, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know crafted, it's crafted. I mean, I don't yes. like that. So, so, but you know, since I, I got, I, when I got, they had published the book for A, I got another 20, you know, 24. <laughs> and so, you know, and you know, he says, okay, so now B, what do I do with B, right? And that already is a trigger. In a creative, uh, you know, heuristic to, to come up with the idea for the second and then the third book, whatever. I think you have to read a lot. I think a lot of young writers don't probably read as much as they should. That's another advice. Um, you can learn so much just from reading and write and read good stuff. Good read, good read. Uh, writers are masters and, and not because people have declared them because when you read the book, you realize, wow, this person knows how to write fiction. And so I think that's the, 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 you know, first. And then if they came to me with a specific book in mind, then I will give them more specific advice. Sure. Um, speaking of, of reading, are there particular writers that, that um, get you excited that, that you still enjoy reading? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have no favorite writer. Um, mm-hmm. Different phases. I think it's, it's basically where I'm going through in my writing career, um, you know, I'm a baby boomer, so I like a lot of young men growing up. I, you know, I, I, Hemingway, I gravitated to Grant Hemingway when everybody wanted to write like Hemingway. And I, I was very excited about the work that he was doing. And then later on, I realized, oh, this guy had all kinds of issues and problems, you know. And then mm-hmm. you read and I, so, you know, you go through phases, you go through phases. I mean, one time I, I really thought that Henry James was great, you know. <laughs> and I thought, believe it or not, here I am, a, a, a Latinx, you know, man. and and I'm connecting to Henry James. It couldn't be two more different people, right? I mean, sure. this guy was super rich, and he was writing about the rich people, and I'm writing about, you know, working class people, maybe more or less, and, and oppressed people. And what is, so I, I, you know, back then, what was I thinking? And I think maybe it was just his style. 
I think that, and this is my own theory, I think a lot of Latinx writers, if they read a lot of Latin American writers and Spanish writers, and I read a lot in Spanish also, you know, the, the, the style is longer. The sentence seems to go longer. And I do like, I like to write longer sentences. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about a sentence that is well connected and it's held together, even though it has several ideas in it. Um, there's a beauty in that. And I think Kenny James did that really well. But then, uh, then I read some of his other books and I said, I can't stand reading this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I tried to read the ambassadors. I said, I, I can't get through the first three pages. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had no patience. So, so again, you know, I don't have, there's been writers all throughout is, I guess the quick answer to your question is I've been through different phases where I really love certain writers. For instance, I'll tell Bernard Malamut was one of the first primary influences in my life. And I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. A lot of people have kind of forgotten about him, which is mm-hmm. really sad. But Bernard Malamut was a wonderful um, American writer from, you know, Jewish ancestry. And he wrote a lot about the Jewish American experience. And I just gravitated to him because I felt that this is a person that's not writing your typical sort of, you know, Anglo, you know, American. He's sure. writing from, from a different community. And I, I had not read Latin, Latinx literature to that point. I didn't even think that Latinx literature existed, okay? Um, and so I felt very, uh, certain affinity, affinities to that, you know? And I felt all the certain suffering that, that the Jewish community felt. I felt a connection there. And then I, then I read P.V. Thomas's book. He was a Puerto Rican, Afro-Puerto Rican. And he read Down These Mean Streets, which was the first book that I read. Oh, wow, this is, this is a guy like me. He's writing about, you know, Puerto Ricans, the Puerto Rican community that, you know, that I was growing up in. And I realized, of course, I didn't have the same affinities to him, you know, to him. Uh, I mean, more so than, than Melama, but because he was, you know, he was a gang, he was in gangs and he had a very violent life and sure, he was a drug addict and all that kind of stuff. And I had none of that in my life, but I still connected to the fact that the scenes in particular about his family, I could definitely, I definitely had affinities there because it was very Puerto Rican, you know, his, his, um, his, his background. So, um, again, different people. Edward Rivera is another writer, installed, you know, family installments early on. Um, there, I, I, I was more, I was closer to Edward Rivera than Piri because he was a guy that went to, he was very good in school, like I was, you know. He was nerdy in that sense. He read a lot and he <laughs> loved, you can tell that this is a, a sort of a, a Roman, Kunstler Roman, right? A, a book about a writer growing up. And, you know, he went through a whole Catholic school thing and you know being poor uh and working class and it was definitely better written than pity thomas it was a beautiful book actually a beautifully written book and i felt wow this guy can write and that's one of the people that kind of make me want to write so as you can see those are people that had connection i i, I go through phases and right now for instance i, I really like um i, I like a lot uh, luis alberto urea's uh, work and he, I was so proud that he picked my book for migrations, you know, because he was the one that chose, he was the judge. And because I, I also like his work, I feel like this, this certain, maybe that's why he picked it, because I really feel like I have certain affinities to his writing style and some of the, some, some, the way he handles the stories that he writes. That's great. So, so you're referring to the, the prize that uh, migrations won, the Tomas Rivera? Right, he was the judge. Okay. And how did you discover that you had won that prize? Well, I, I first um, got a phone call, actually, and um, my wife picked it up. And 
you know, she said, you, you, you know, cause he was going to tell the, the, the information to him. I said, no, no, he said, you gotta, you gotta tell him this yourself. So, <laughs> and then he, you know, and it was Lisa Spinoza. He says, "I know. I just want to tell you that you know you, you won the prize." I said, "Oh my god!" And I got to tell you, I I really got a little a little choked up because you know um, this is later in my career, you know, and I had never won a, any award or anything, so it was very powerful. And I felt I really I cried a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I I just mm-hmm. think that it's great to get that kind of validation after you've worked so hard, and you do it because you love it. But it's nice for people to say, hey, you know, you're kind of good at this. It kind of yeah. is a nice, a nice feeling. That's great. Well, you mentioned earlier you, you're talking about reading. I'm just curious. If, if someone is listening and is not that familiar with Latinx fiction or Puerto Rican um, diaspora fiction, um, are there like two or three uh, authors that you would recommend that someone could go and explore and, and read more? Oh, Jeff, that, that's so hard because we're talking about 500 years of literature. Sure, sure. And it's really, you know, which people don't realize, they think it's just a 20th century thing. No, it goes way back. So I, I, well, for the Puerto Rican, the quick answer is the Puerto Rican, quite frankly, if they want, they can read. I wrote, I wrote a listicle, which is a, a sort of an article sure. with a list of the five books that I would recommend uh, for somebody to get start getting involved in, in, in the literature of the Puerto Rican diaspora, right? Which is literature written by Puerto Ricans, uh, writers in the, in, you know, from away from Puerto Rico, living in the, in the states. Yep. Uh, so they can read that. And I, that's in, um, I think, what's his name? Ben Fox's website, which is the Shepherd for Writers or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it, but they can, they can, um, they can Google your name and, and Google it, right? the and keywords. Yeah. Right. And, and then when it comes to um, Latinx literature, um, boy, um, the, I, I would say, you know, if you want to, if you like, like a 19th century type writing, uh, I, uh, the, 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 the squatter and the Don, uh, uh, or the Don, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by Maria, uh, Ruiz de Burton, uh, R-U-I-Z, D-E, Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N. And she was, to me, quite frankly, uh, better than, than, uh, Stowe as, as a writer of political satire in, in the 19th century. Uh, and that book is about, um, you know, how uh, people, the Americans really took over land that belonged to the Californians, the Californian Mexicans after the Mexican-American War. So if you like historical, that's good. And then um, Pity Thomas is, a, is important work, I think, also, because he was sort of writing that that sort of 60s, uh, you know, Manchel and the Promised Land kind of thing from a, a Puerto Rican perspective. I would tell anybody to read Juno Diaz right now because Juno Diaz is probably one of the best writers uh, in Latinx literature right now. But um, there's just so much material. Sure. sure. It's, really, it's really hard to pick. Oh, yeah, by the way, speaking of Tomas Rivera, just one more. Tomas Rivera, who, who the prize was named after, is another who wrote a very important book called And the Earth Did Not Devour Him, which is about migrant workers uh, in, the, in, in, I guess, the 50s and 60s. Uh, that's a very important book. And also Pocho, P-O-C-H-O by Vijay Senor, which is about a young man growing up. This is one of the first books like that, dealing with the mm-hmm. Mexican-American experience. So those are a few books that they can maybe look to get into it. Sure. Well, are you working on new short stories or a new novel now? Uh, yeah, I'm working on a, on a novella, to be more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's about Roberto Clemente. I don't know if you're a baseball fan. Um, but, uh, Clemente is a hall of famer, Afro Puerto Rican, uh, baseball player 
sure. who was a great humanitarian. In fact, he died in a tragic trip to Nicaragua, uh, Managua, when there was an earthquake there to, to bring supplies and foods and, and think, and, and the plane crashed, and that's how he died. And so um, he's loved by a lot of people, you know, Puerto Ricans idolize him. And I, but the book is really more about racism, you know, Puerto Rican and, and how we deal with, with, with racism and the fact that we are, even though we're a very mixed society, you know, multiracially, mm -hmm. that we have our own problems with, with, with race and racism. So it's using him sort of as a fulcrum, you know, as, as a way to jump into that, into the issue. And it, there's a lot of interesting elements in it. He really is dead where the book is going on. The story is about him after he dies. And, you know, sort of he meets all these Afro, his Puerto Rican historical figures, and he has, he engages with them in dialogue or whatever, because he's sort of stuck in, in this limbo, in this world where he can't seem to move on to wherever he has to go after he dies, you know? And so that's what I'm working on right now. Gotcha. Do you remember when you originally got interested in writing fiction? What, what were some of your, um, earliest efforts and what got you started years ago writing fiction? I really started as a poet, Jeff. I really, I, I was really getting, trying to, I, my, my Spanish was not the best and I felt embarrassed about that. And so I took Spanish courses as my second major uh, when I was in college. And then I, I, I just fell in love with Latin American poetry. You know, I just, I just, you know, in Neruda in particular, I just was amazed by it. So I started writing poetry, but then, you know, I, I also, then came the boom, the, the Latin American boom. And I started reading some of those writers. And boy, that blew, my, that blew me away. And I, I just felt so inspired to write because it was really Latin American writers that really inspired me to write. Uh, they were really good writers, like, you know, Garcia Marquez and, and uh, Anaya. Mm -hmm. well, you know, Anaya is actually uh, Mexican-American. But Borges, who I loved uh, when it comes to short stories. So that sure. really turned me on. And that's when I started then shifting a little bit more to fiction. And when I entered Columbia, I actually submitted fiction for my, uh, by then I had think I had decided I wanted to be a fiction writer. The historical <laughs> novel that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, and it, you know, I stuck with it and then I just threw it in the garbage one day after, after, oh. you know, after that. And then I wonder what, I wonder if there was something in there I could have really fixed or something, you know? I say, you know, I'm just not good enough at this point. I'm going to start from scratch. You know, so interesting. Sure. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your writing? Well, you know, I have an author uh, website, which is, um, you know, JL Torres, you know, the, uh, writer.com. And they can find a lot of information there. I'm trying to keep it up to date. And everything that, that's happening with me is right there. And they can follow me on Facebook at, at Recon Writer. Um, those are my two. I'm on Twitter also with the same handle, you know, Rican, Rican underscore writer. And they want to follow me that way too. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with J.L. Torres, author of the new short story collection, Migrations. The collection is the inaugural winner of the Tomas Rivera book prize. And the collection is on sale now. So go buy a copy and J.L., thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you for inviting me again. Absolutely.